a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We're your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. back with episode number 86. Welcome back, weirdos. And we have some exciting news, don't we, Steph? Yes, we do. Thank you so much to everyone who was able to take that survey that we shared with you all regarding potentially going on a trip together as the weirdo community. We got the results back from the survey. We talked with the folks that we're working with. And the location for our travel destination has been picked. <laughs> That's the worst drum roll I've ever like heard in my entire life. <laughs> it kind of sounded like a car that won't start. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it really does. Okay, Andrew, okay. I'll let you do the honors. <sighs> okay. Where are we going? Well, without further ado, it is my pleasure to announce that we are going to Italy. Yay! Rome and Florence in the spring of 2024. Yes, we are going to Italy next year. We're so excited. We will have more details to come, of course. So please just stick around. Keep We'll keep you updated as we get more information. But we are so excited to travel with you all and to be in Italy of all places. We're going to have so much fun. Literally, I haven't like stop thinking about this like ever since the results came in i know and again like i cannot stress enough thank you so much to everyone who showed even a little bit of interest and answered the survey this is going to be such an amazing experience we will say one thing mm-hmm. definitely for the folks that are joining us on this italy trip bring your walking shoes that's a necessity we're going to be seeing a lot of really cool historical stuff Right. I mean, when we were in Italy, like one day we walked over 20,000 steps. Yeah. I've never walked that much before. (laughs) Me neither. So plan, there's definitely at least one day that's going to be like that. So make sure to bring your walking shoes for sure. Yeah. And like we said, we'll keep you posted, but we just had to share that awesome update. So thank you so much, weirdos. Yeah. And if you haven't followed us on Instagram, this is actually the perfect time to do so because we'll be announcing all of the results and further updates on Instagram well as well as this podcast. Yeah. So you can follow us on Instagram at history for weirdos if you don't already. It's a really good way to stay 
updated with us. We announced there as well that we didn't have an episode come out last week because we were at a wedding. Yes. This is transition time. Transitioning. I want to give an update because we had shared that we were uh, joining some friends, getting married in Vegas, and Andrew was the officiant. It was such an honor and incredibly nerve-wracking all at the same time. I was so nervous for you. <laughs> I was a bridesmaid, so at least we got to stand up there together. Right. Um, and we, I was there, hopefully, I was trying to send you lots of support vibes. I felt it. I felt it, Steph. I'm so glad. And you did amazing. Thank you. I'm not just saying that you did such a good job. I would have probably passed out from nerves. And guys, there were times where like the wind was so heavy that oh, like yeah. my, and I had my speech in my hand and paper and it was just blowing my paper like crazy. And to the point where I lost my place multiple times. And so I had to stop, just take, you know, in my head, just take a deep breath. And, you know, continue when I found my place. And I had multiple people come up to me afterwards <laughs> yeah. say, I really liked how you slowed it down. And he felt like your pauses were super intentional. And I just didn't have the heart to say, oh, no, it's because I completely lost my place. Yeah, I'll set the scene a little bit for folks. It was at a golf resort in the desert, which, you know, norm that it was beautiful, beautiful location. Right. Amazing bride and groom. But it was weirdly windy. I guess the desert does get really windy. Mm -hmm. And Andrew didn't have like like a podium up there for the ceremony. Right. It was just like a, a mic stand and Andrew. And he had his whole ceremony written down on a piece of paper. So you could just hear it like blowing in the wind <laughs> ferociously. And then every once in a while you could hear golfers <laughs> like cheering in the background. <laughs> yeah. And then... the there was one of the other bridesmaids was um, an environmental scientist. So she shared with me later that the reason during the ceremony there were these birds that would not stop squawking was because they're in mating season. Oh my god! It's like really special species of birds. So there's like these birds screaming, the winds blowing, golfers cheering in the background, and you still kept it together. Still kept it together. I just in my head was thinking, Andrew. Just keep your shit together, <laughs> and you just need to finish the ceremony. Yeah, and and you did. And I did, and I did. And you I'll, did a beautiful job. It did seem very like like there was a lot of reverence in your pauses. Thank you. Um, yeah, and it was completely by accident, but I'm glad that it came across that way. Immediately after, I went to the bar and like went behind the bar, <laughs> yeah. and like the woman's like, "Oh, you can't do that." One. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm the officiant. I literally just didn't care. You know, really, I don't pull like stuff like that. <laughs> but I was like, I really needed it. I just took the bottle of Jack Daniels and just poured it straight. You were and like put a little bit of ginger ale. I'm the minister. I need some Jack Daniels. <laughs> yes. And she was like, understood. Understood, fam. <laughs> um, so we just wanted to share that update with you all because we we were sharing a little bit beforehand. And on our stories on Instagram, you saw us in Vegas. So just want to let you know it went well. Yeah. Andrew did marry them. Our friends are married now. And it seems to be legal uh, from what we can tell. So there we go. So there we go. It's a win all around. <laughs> okay, so without further ado, I think it's time for me to go into my episode, yes? Yeah, tell us, what are you going to share with us this week? Okay, so just to start off, World War II is just one of those subjects that we often avoid here on History for Weirdos because it's just so often spoken about that mm. I feel like there really isn't generally like anything else to add. We've talked, I think, about a couple of spies right? Um, during that era, but yeah, it is such a, it's a popular part of history we don't talk about it too much because it's not really unsung exactly well 
I will be covering subjects that were involved in the war, but I will say this definitely falls into HFW territory. Oh, yay! <laughs> so here's the rub. Today will be special. It's actually going to be a dubber, a dubber, a double <laughs> header episode covering two different topics of discussion. Uh, we're not talking about people or places or even events as the primary subjects. Mm. We're going to be speaking about two specific animals that were veterans of World War II. You're going to be talking about animals? I'm going to be talking about animals. When you mentioned World War II, that's definitely not where I thought this was going. Exactly. So we're actually going to be covering Wojtek the bear and Unsinkable Sam the cat. <laughs> oh my god, this sounds so cute. It's, it is at times pretty cute. I mean, it's World War II, so it's oh, as right. cute as it can get. Yeah. But, yeah, like there's still, you know, death and destruction. There's very obvious limitations to yeah. the cuteness. I can and see that. even genocide. Okay, so. but their names are adorable. Yes. Yeah, and by the way, Wojtek is actually per, or is actually spelled W-O-T-J-E-K. But you looked up the pronunciation. I did. Yes, cool. it's Polish. So... These two animals never crossed paths, but their stories fascinated people at the time and generations since. Yay. And, you know, their contemporaries during the war. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be covering Wojtek's story first. So buckle up. Grab your favorite bear necessities. Oh because this gosh. is going to be a wild tale. You're such a dork. I know. I had chat GBT write that one, actually. <laughs> and I saw that and I was like, I'm absolutely using it. There you go. So good bear puns are always needed. Yeah, exactly. So, and before I do that, though, before I get into the story of Wojtek, I have to give some brief backstory on the war, um, but I'm not going to get into too much detail because I just feel like a lot of the listeners probably know a decent amount of surface level knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to give stuff that's really just important for this particular story. So here we go. September 1st, 1939. Nazi Germany invades Poland, kicking off the European theater of World War II and effectively the war. Mm -hmm. You know, all, although there had been fighting in like Japan and the, that kind of that area since a few years prior. Right. But the Soviets also invaded Poland about two weeks later on September 17th, as they were effectively allies with Nazi Germany at this point in the war. A lot of people don't actually know that, but it's important to point out. So they had signed a non-aggression pact roughly a month prior and we all know, though, that this, of course, would eventually change later on. But in the meantime, the Soviets committed atrocities against the Polish people. Tens of thousands of Polish soldiers and political prisoners were ultimately murdered by the Soviet regime in what was called the Katyn Massacre, or Katyn wow. Massacre. Yeah, not, not good stuff. And additionally, hundreds of thousands of other Polish folks were sent off to gulags at this time. Wow. So... Clearly, this did not sit well with the Allies, especially Britain, um, as they were allied with Poland. And to boot, the Polish government in exile was headquartered in Britain. So this is important, um, as it will come into play in just a moment. So we're going to fast forward two years, the summer of 1941, and Nazi Germany has reneged on their non-aggression pact and invades the Soviet Union. And wow. Who could have guessed that a megalomaniac, race-obsessed tyrant who genocides his own people would go back on his word? Yeah, no one could have predicted that. Shocked. <laughs> Color me shocked. Shocked, I say. But anyways, uh, the beginning of this invasion goes really poorly for the Soviets, and they're desperate. So they appeal to the Allies uh, for help, and especially Britain, and 
uh, the Brits agreed to aid in the form of their lend-lease program. It's not really important, but basically they, they're they just lending war supplies instead of outright uh, selling it to the Soviets. Okay. There was a stipulation, however, the one, one that the Soviets were very willing to do, and that was they had to release all the Polish folks uh, that they had imprisoned. Yeah. So... Again, the Soviets were happy to do this, and that's because the Poles at the time numbered at least 100,000 um, imprisoned, probably much more, and this just meant less mouths for them to feed. Right, because they were, you know, had to defend themselves, let alone... Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, there were food shortages uh-huh. at this time, and it, it was not a good time in the Soviet Union. So they were equipped, this, uh, these, these Poles, right, about 100,000... Uh, army perfect like army men soldiers i don't know why i forgot that <laughs> army word. men army men yeah i guess army men works it's like, yeah i was so thinking if... weirdly like airmen like in the air force but yeah yeah soldiers is the more appropriate term yeah so there were a hundred thousand soldiers yeah and they were equipped uh by either the soviets or the brits um and under the command of a polish officer named and i'm gonna butcher this name but it's Wladyslaw anders there you go there we go. I'm not going to say his first name ever Officer again. Officer Anders. But yeah, Anders. And in fact, actually, this unit would have been known as Anders' army. There you go. Nice and easy. Yeah. <laughs> so Anders' army is part of an Anglo-Soviet invasion that first goes south into Iran. Mm-hmm. And here is where, you know, Wojtek comes into play. Of course. Of course this is where <laughs> I know. the bear comes into play. Into Iran. <laughs> yeah. In Iran. Duh. So... We are now in 1942, and a local boy finds a Syrian brown bear cub um, and decided to attempt to trade him to some Polish soldiers for a few cans of food near the city of Hamadan in western Iran. Oh my gosh. That image is so sweet and sad at the same time. A little boy being like, hey, I found a bear cub. Could I get some food for it? It's... Yeah. He saw, you know, bears are big and strong. There must be some value in this bear. Yeah, and he was just a cub. And apparently the mom was nowhere to be found, so presumably dead. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, it's a little Wojtek. Just a little bear cub. I'm assuming the soldiers traded. Yeah. uh, I'll get to that. But, yeah, eventually, yes. So, uh, he originally... Um, having caught the eye of a young great niece of one of the Polish soldiers, their bear was bought, you know, still in its infancy, and handed over to the girl for care as the Polish settled into like a temporary refugee camp near Tehran. Mm-hmm. And for three months, the young girl cared for the cub before he was eventually turned over to a branch of the Polish artillery supply corps. Okay. That's cute though that the little girl got a pet bear cub for a while out of it. I know. It. Like, also, what parent is like, you know what? Yeah. yeah, just play with this bear for you, a little bit. You can have the bear. Yeah. So this is where he was given the name Wojtek, which is a nickname uh, for the more common Polish name Wojciech, meaning happy warrior. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. so cute. What a good name for a bear. He instantly became like a celebrity amongst the army and any civilian who interacted with them. Wow. Because it's a, it's a bear. Yeah. He's like a friendly bear that's just chilling with everyone. And he's a cute cub. Okay, yeah, he's still little at this point. Yeah. And early on, he developed a taste for beer, 
cigarettes, and to be clear, eating them, not smoking them, as well as coffee. He must have fit in so well with the soldiers. <laughs> yes, that's it. I think he he learned those traits as a young cub by, from the soldiers, because those are all things that were like rations for soldiers. Of course. Beer, yeah. cigarettes, and coffee. Yeah. yeah. Everything a healthy growing bear needs. Of course. <laughs> Well-balanced diet. And in fact, one of the funnier things Wojtek would do was guzzle down a beer and then immediately look into the bottle as he would wonder what had happened to the rest of the liquid. He's like, what? It's gone. He's like, it's gone. Where is it? <laughs> and he also enjoyed fruit, marmalade, <gasps> honey, and syrup. Do you all know another bear who loved marmalade? <laughs> Stephanie is obsessed with Paddington. I love Paddington. An unhealthy obsession with Paddington. He's so cute with his little marmalade sandwiches. And I his like his manners. The... Yeah, and his, he has good manners. Yes. But Wojtek's favorite drink was beer. Okay, a little different from Paddington. But... <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> so Wojtek was a smart bear uh, because he also knew how to turn on the showers in bathrooms, like and especially like in, in camp. They had a specific wow. like setup for showers, and he knew how to do it, and would and unintentionally cause water shortages is because he really he liked taking long showers. Oh my god, what a diva! He was a diva. He he want, he's using up all the hot water and everything. <laughs> and get this, so Polish officers would also play tricks on new recruits by having Wojtek pick them up by their boots. Oh my god! So these new recruits recruits were thinking that they're about to be eaten alive, but he was a sweet bear who would they not must do that. Have- peed their pants (laughs) yeah and also yes to your point how intelligent of this bear that he's able to learn how to eat like them how to bathe like them and how to play pranks how to play pranks he he knew how to salute officers and he knew how to pick out and salute officers based off their uniform yeah he was a really smart bear actually it's funny i just saw this today funny enough um there is this study done by scientists that um, they observed it, it. It came about because they observed brown bears specifically would sit at like a vantage point and just watch nature for hours. Mm. And they came to the conclusion that there's a possibility that they have like an appreciation for like natural beauty. Wow. Yeah. That's wild to think about. Also wild because bears are to me in my human mind like a part of nature right and the natural beauty so the fact that this is their everyday environment and they can sit back and observe how beautiful it is it's pretty amazing huh? that's pretty deep it's very deep especially yeah. for bears i also just love bears and i wish i could have a pet bear you you do love bears it is a concern of mine <laughs> how much you love bears i know i'd be one of those idiots that would go be like see a wild grizzly and be like do you want to be my friend you would definitely try to hug a bear if you interacted with it but you're yeah. not supposed to do that you're not supposed to do that guys i even know that yeah please don't don't try this at home weirdos <laughs> but Voitech did love hugs okay there you uh, go in fact he actually loved <laughs> wrestling with the troops okay <laughs> they would wrestle with them Oh my god, these troops are wild. I would never wrestle with a bear. Oh, and he also loved playing fetch with uh, oranges because the Polish officers would pretend they would be grenades and he'd go <laughs> right <up>. after them. <laughs> I, I, this stuff is wild. Like I can't even make this stuff up. <laughs> That's so crazy. I know. So Wojtek is universally loved. It's I think it's pretty I'm safe sure. to say. But by the time that the Polish army made it to British Egypt in 1944, they ran into some issues with transportation. Okay. So the Brits had a rule that animals could not 
be allowed onto military transport ships. And sadly, that included Wojtek. Shut up. But here, this is, listen to this. Anders Army, Anders Army, excuse me, was not going to leave this bear behind. He was essentially family to the soldiers. Yeah. I mean, literally, like, some of them helped raise him, like, fed him with, like, condensed milk out of, like, a beer bottles when he was a cub. (laughs) I mean, it is, it is so, like, unbelievably wholesome. And it's stranger than fiction, like. It is. Oh my god, could you imagine? Let me interrupt you for a quick side note before we get to the solution that I'm sure is coming. Could you imagine if there was TikTok back then? (laughs) The TikTok videos of Wojtek would be viral. Oh my god, it would be unbelievable. Insane. Okay, please continue. Tell yeah. me what, what Anders Army did. So, they brilliantly enlisted him as a private <laughs> <laughs> with the 2nd or 22nd Artillery's Supply Company. Oh my god. Yeah, so he was given the rank of private and um, an official serial number as well as... Like, salary and rations, officially. Wow. But since he didn't really have use for money... Right. Um, Most his, don't. his salary was just double rations, as he was a big boy at this time. So he just... Yeah. He would need extra rations. Yeah, he that got makes... extra rations, and then plus, like, everyone just fed him more stuff. I'm following their logic so far. Yeah, and so he, he's a private. Like, they can't <laughs> deny him... <laughs> Shut up. It gets better even later on. Oh I, I, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So, Wojtek makes it to Italy as part of the <laughs> Allied invasion of 1944. Shut up. Why? I'm not, I, I swear I feel like I'm on drugs right now. Like, this is this is so ridiculous. <laughs> like, I wrote these notes and I'm reading them right now. I'm like, this is just wild. <laughs> so, he makes it to Italy as a part of the Allied invasion. Yeah, so he makes it to Italy. And before we get to the pinnacle of Wojtek's like, story arc, there is one event that was just hilarious I have to share. Please do. So... Wojtek liked to ride in in the cab of an ammunition truck. Right. <laughs> so one hot day, as his unit was driving along like the, the Italian seacoast, he jumped out and headed for water, absolutely terrifying oh all the beachgoers. Oh my god, could you imagine? <laughs> like, imagine this 500-pound bear just barreling, no pun intended, like right at you. He couldn't care less about the people. No. He just wanted to go in the water. Did he want to swim? He just wanted to swim in the Mediterranean. Who doesn't want to swim in the Mediterranean? Yeah, exactly. He's very relatable. I mean, I am sure that the soldiers watching were probably just dying of laughter. I'm sure, because they know he's basically like a big dog. Yeah, and that he's just super sweet. But, I mean, still, 500-pound bear just charging at you. And they're fast, right? Bears are fast. So oh, yeah. I would be scared shitless according to dwight Schrute, though bears can climb faster than they can run yeah i don't (laughs) i i did see that and i I, i'm not sure i'm not sure if that's true or not i'm gonna say that's fact (laughs) i'm I'm willing to bet my life on it (laughs) okay anyways so there was a major operation taking place as part of the war effort for the allies at this time so about 80 miles or 150 kilometers southeast of rome there was a place called monte cassino where the Nazis had fortified a defensive perimeter. And yes, it's Nazis, not the actually the Italian troops. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important for the Allies to break through this line, as afterwards they pretty much had a straight shot right to Rome. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's strategically very important. Yeah. Tens of thousands of people would die during this one campaign. Mm-hmm. And so it's safe to say that like fighting was really intense. 
During this battle, Wojtek carried countless 100-pound crates of ammunition back and forth from the supply station to, like, the front lines. No! Multiple British and Polish eyewitnesses have stated that they saw the bear mimicking soldiers picking up things, with, like, and he was doing it with his claws, like, standing on his two legs and picking... Picking, carrying stuff like soldiers in their hands yes oh my god that's so sweet he's helping he's helping i mean ultimately the allies break through the lines in may of 1944 mm-hmm. and a large part of that was due to anders army wow so the allies would even capture rome on june 4th two days before d-day oh my goodness yeah basically what i'm saying is that it's all because of Wojtek. right <laughs> it was all on him how how nuts to think for something that was so crucial, so strategic, so pivotal in this devastating war, a bear was there to help out. Because I'm sure that does provide help, carrying all that stuff back and forth. No, yeah. no man could carry as much as he could. Definitely not. I mean, they're, they're heavy. 100 pounds is not light, And he right? could do it so much faster. Yeah, it's probably nothing to him. He's a big boy. So... All kidding aside, though, like his efforts were recognized during the battle, and soon afterwards, he was actually promoted to the rank of corporal. Shut up! They don't need to promote him. He's a they bear. Promoted him, and not only that, he now outranked his own caretakers. He outranked like his owners, basically. Yes. That's so cute. And so, not only that, the insignia of the Twenty Second Artillery Supply Company mm-hmm. for the rest of the war was Voitech carrying an artillery shell oh my gosh we have to post pictures of oh this. we're definitely going to yeah on instagram i can't wait to see so the war ended the next year in 1945 and he ended up going to scotland and would remain there for the rest of his life what brought him to scotland well, basically long story short um actually i'm going to just talk about this really fast then i'll explain more but there was some discussion on taking him back to Poland. Right. Um, but his caretakers did not want him to be used as a political pawn or mascot of the Soviets and or communism. Whoa. Yeah. That's be- heavy. Because, remember, the Soviets committed atrocities against yes. the Polish people at the beginning of the war. Like, yes. sure, they're allies now, but they had strong feelings of against course. the Soviets. Yeah. Yeah. Abs- rightfully so. And they didn't want, oh, like, let's use this bear as kind of like a symbol. And so yeah. a lot of... The Poles eventually went to um, the UK, and in particular Scotland. I didn't know that. Yeah, as part of the demobilization first, just temporarily, but a lot of them just ended up staying. I did not know that at all. Yeah, I didn't know that actually before I started researching this. So he first went, Wojtek first went to a farm in a village called Hutton in Berwickshire. I'm sure you said that wrong. Yeah, I'm sure I did too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to print, like, print, like, pretend that i know that i how to pronounce that oh my gosh and could you imagine in a scottish accent yeah hutton and berwickshire oh god that's so bad <laughs> i'm just on a roll with like my like really just awful impersonations today so on this farm you can actually still see claw marks from where Wojtek would scratch at trees to what? this day yeah pretty cool in fact the woman who lives there still remembers him shut she was a little up. girl but she remembers Wojtek. Wow. I mean, she's an old woman now. Clearly. Of course, of course. That is how time works. Oh my God. <laughs> so he would live there for two years while the Polish and British armies were being demobilized, Would but eventually lived out the rest of his days in the Edinburgh Zoo. I hope he had a good life. I think so. I know that. I was a little worried about that too, yeah. but he was often visited by journalists and Polish soldiers who would throw cigarettes to him to eat. Stop. 
what is yeah, it? Yeah. He was often visited by journalists. Like, of course, all the interviews he, he absolutely asked and Polish soldiers throwing cigarettes at him. Yes. Like, reportedly, he was happy when he would hear Polish and would even recognize some of his like former brothers in arms. What? Yeah. Like, say someone he had quote unquote served with would go to the zoo to visit, he would recognize the human. Years later, yeah. That is insane. And not only that, he actually became a frequent guest star on the BBC's television program for children, Blue Peter. This is nuts. This bear's a celebrity. He's a celebrity. No, he was like an actual celebrity in Poland as well as in like in the UK. Yeah, because what a smart bear. I'm so yeah, impressed. He was a smart bear. So Wojtek would eventually pass away in December of 1963 at the age of 21, weighing nearly 1,100 pounds or 500 kilo- uh, kilograms and being roughly six feet tall. So he was not tiny by any yeah, means. Yeah, he was not tiny. He like Sure, he wasn't like an American grizzly big, right. but he was still a big boy. That is so big. I, I wonder what the lifespan of like his type of bear would be. Like a Syrian brown bear? I actually don't know. I was going to look it up, but then I got distracted. But I think... ADHD. Yeah, of course. But I think 21 sounds like a good long life. I think so. Yeah. If, any, if anyone's like a natural person... God, I am, again, just on a roll. Like a zoologist? I was going to say zoologist, biologist, whatever. A natural person. <laughs> As opposed to like a robot. As opposed to a synthetic person. God, I, I swear, guys, I am sober as a judge right now. It just, just does not feel like it. Okay. Well, if anyone does happen to know, is if someone out there is a bear expert for whatever reason. Yes. You tell us your thoughts on Wojtek. Yeah, okay? I'm sure the cigarettes... Like, we're probably not good for him. Okay, yeah, I'm sure that didn't contribute yeah, to... Yeah, nor the beer drinking. Okay, nor the beer drinking. <laughs> probably coffee is... Probably the coffee as well was not that helpful. Yeah, so... But everything else, I'm sure. He lived a very happy, <laughs> healthy life. The oranges. Probably good. And the good times. And the good times. So, his legacy, though, has remained in Poland and even Scotland, as he has multiple statues and just works of art dedicated to him in each city. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's some art I would like to see for Me too. sure. Yeah. I, in fact, I think in Edinburgh, there is like a big statue of him erected somewhat recently, actually, like 2015, like in the square, like one of the main squares. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, Edinburgh's on our, our bucket list for sure. Definitely. So if we ever get to go, I'm going to go check out that statue. Absolutely. Wait. That's the story of Wojtek? That's the story of Wojtek. And now you're going to tell us another story? It's another story. This one is a little bit shorter, but still pretty impressive. This is kind of like a really special episode. It's like double the history. Double header, baby. A double header, and it's like cozy animals. I love it. Yeah, I know. I, I had a feeling you would. Time to tell the tale of another World War II animal, a cat who survived the sinking of not one, not two, but three ships. Three ships? Yes. Okay. And we're talking about a cat named Oscar. Really? Yes. uh, Don't worry, I'll get to it. So, well, that was the name given to him, as his original name is unknown. Okay. And just like with Wojtek, I'm going to have to give a brief look into the background and the events of what happened beforehand. Okay. Though this is a lot more straightforward and 
much quicker, to be honest. Okay. So Britain for had been known for centuries as kind of being a, a naval like superpower, right? Yeah, like, definitely. They for had so long. supremacy on the seas, and Germany not so much. Yeah, that makes sense, though. Yeah. Well, the, the Nazis uh, they did invent U-boats, which were a big deal during right, World right. War One and World War Two. So they had that going for them. So. Nazis wanted to try to level the playing field even more, so to speak, so they created the two largest battleships in German history to try to accomplish this goal. In fact, these battleships were some of the largest ever created at that point in time. Mm -hmm. So one of these ships was called the Bismarck, named after Otto von Bismarck, who was a military genius from like the late 19th century. Mm Mm-hmm. And early 20th century, I think, too. But interestingly, this ship was ill-fated and was sunk after only one minor skirmish against the British in May of 1941. Wow, they must have been so embarrassed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it, not only that, it was scuttled. What's that mean? Uh, literally, the next thing is that, what that means. Meaning that the German sailors sunk the ship on purpose because they did not want the ship to fall into British hands oh. after it, it had been like damaged pretty badly. Yeah, yeah. So, out of a crew of 2,200 men on the Bismarck, only 115 survived. Oh, that's so spooky. That's so sad. And one kitty. And one kitty! <laughs> Most importantly! I know. Like, over 2,000 men died, but a kitty survived. <laughs> so, here's where our feline hero comes in the picture. Amidst the wreckage and chaos, the kitty was found clinging to a piece of debris by British sailors... They brought him aboard the ship, the HMS Cossack, and named him Oscar, unaware of his previous name, right? Right. How would you know? The sailors quickly grew fond of him, and he became kind of a symbol of hope and resilience. Right? That's a big deal that this, you know, for them, this big, terrible thing happened, but a cat survived. Yeah. And they named him Oscar because of, like, man overboard, like the O in overboard. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, kind of a funny side note, though. One of my sources for this episode has in its title describing Oscar as, quote, the Nazi cat. (laughs) No! Don't do that to the cat. And I'm like, it's a cat, dude. No way. The cat has... You can't do that. I know. I was like... The cat is not involved in that. I was like, yeah, how can a cat be, like, an ideologue? Like... Yeah. That's so dumb. I was like, that's literally just clickbait. You know what's interesting is if... You know, I know not a lot of men survived. You said 115. Yeah. But I feel like someone would have known if, like, oh, that's so in- that was so-and-so's cat. That was so-and-so's cat named blah, blah, blah. I feel like the cat probably was a stowaway. I think so, too. Yeah. We'll actually... There's a whole thing later on that I'll get to. But it, it's interesting stuff. So, for the next few months, the Oscar became, a, like, just a champion and a mascot for the HMS Cossack and all sailors on board. So the ship would, you know, mainly provide escort duties in the Mediterranean and North Atlantic Mm -hmm. um, during this time. And that was though until October 27th, 1941, when the HMS Cossack was badly damaged by torpedoes and ultimately sunk just west of Gibraltar. Oh, wow. Yeah. Incredibly, Oscar survived yet again. Oh my god. Yeah. So he was brought to shore and transferred to yet again another (laughs) ship, the HMS Ark Royal, where he was given his new name, Unsinkable Sam. There we go. It has a nice ring to it. I mean, he survived two different sinkings at this point. That cat is either very lucky or very unlucky. Right. 
Either way. <laughs> like, he's either kind of a jinx for ships. And we'll get to that. We'll get to even more. So, as fate would have it, tragedy would visit yet again a third ship that housed the kitty. Oh my god! <laughs> Just a month later, on November 14th, 1941, Ark Royal was torpedoed. Oh boy. The ship was decimated, but unsinkable Sam went unscathed. Are you serious? <laughs> he was allegedly rescued for a third time by the HMS Legion, another ship under the British Royal Navy's fleet. Um, this cat really did have nine lives. Yes, I was like, thinking that, that old saying. What are like the Puss odds, too? Yes. Yeah. What are the odds, too? Because there's at least the stereotype that cats hate water. Right, and this poor little kitty. It just keeps getting thrown <laughs> yeah. into the water. So apparently he was found, quote, angry, <laughs> but quite unharmed. <laughs> of course he was angry. Yeah. He was transferred to the HMS Lightning and ultimately back to the HMS Legion for a brief period of time. There's all this like decimation and destruction and death around him and he's just pissed that he got like thrown yeah. into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, he's like... <laughs> <laughs> so after that, however, his career as a sailor kitty was over and spent the remaining years <laughs> of the war with the governor of Gibraltar <laughs> where he hunted mice in the office buildings. That's a much... Better suited life for a cat. I think they were just like, honestly, this poor cat, like, all these ships, like, he had... He wasn't meant to be a sailor, but he was meant to be, like, an office manager of mice. Yes. Totally. Exactly. And so he would later on just move uh, to Northern Ireland, living in the Belfast home for sailors for the remainder of his life. He lived in a home for sailors? Yes. Because he, too... Was, was a veteran sailor. sailor. Exactly. Oh my gosh. And, you know, sadly, he would eventually pass away in 1955, but we don't know how old he was. Right? Who knows? Because uh, his life previously was unknown. Right. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention a bit of controversy about Unsinkable Sam. There's controversy about the cat? Yes. The sailor cat. Yes, because critics call the story of Sam an apocryphal sea story that's just too good to be true. Wow. Yeah, for one, there are no records of a cat <laughs> having been brought aboard the Bismarck, or, you know, at least according to the ship's survivors. Okay. And there is no mention of him in journalist Ludwig Kennedy's account of the Bismarck sinking. I feel like those are really easy to explain, though. Stowaway. And yeah. it's funny that you mentioned that, because that was immediately what I thought, too. It was like, he could have just been a stowaway. He was a stowaway. That, and that then, easily solves that. And then no one's looking for a cat. Yes afterwards you know you just happen to find one yeah um and lastly you know there was one of the purported portraits of of sam is actually that of simon another kitty (laughs) i'm not making this up i swear so there's potential identity theft yes oh so they're saying that it's two cats it might have been like two or even more cats but who knows? Oh. That's just what the critics say. And <laughs> That's just what the cynics are saying about the, Sam. Yeah. My boy Sam. Uh-uh. Or Oscar. Either one's acceptable. Or Simon. Not Simon. Simon was real. And oh, Simon is another cat that they are positive. That he was, was real and he was on the HMS Amethyst. Okay. He was a real kitty. <laughs> for sure. But it's totally... Okay. If a cat survives... Uh, sip shinking period I feel like it's not that unreasonable to think there might be two cats on a ship right where there's one cat there could be two 
Yes. Okay, continue. However, like an explanation for these discrepancies within the legend of Unsinkable Sam is that the cat could have, again, like you said, been a stowaway instead of like an official animal mascot of the Bismarck. Yeah. You know, like Wojtek was for the the Polish uh, Anders army. So, you know, this would allow for the cat not having been officially registered on the ship's passenger list. Yeah, cats are are, uh, mischievous. Yeah, Yeah, they're sneaky. They go places they're not supposed to. So, regardless, the story of unsinkable Sam, whether real or imaginary, does continue to inspire to this day. And so, what do you think, Steph? Was Sam slash Oscar real or imaginary? I definitely think there was a cat named Sam slash Oscar, or the cat formerly known as Oscar, that survived at least, like, one or two of those, if not all three. I think so, too. I could see, like, if something like this cat survived two ships sinking and getting confused with the other cat could have blown it out of proportion to three ships. You know what I mean? Like, someone like, oh, wow, he survived three? Yes. But there's definitely merit to this cat being a survivor. I think so, too. I agree. Weirdos... Let us know what you think in the comments of our new post. This on is a Instagram. big. This is a big controversy. It's a huge controversy, guys. We're really stirring the pot. We really, really are. We want to hear what you think about unsinkable Sam. Yes. Well, weirdos and Stephanie, this there you have it. This is the story of one courageous kitty and one inspirational bear. Oh yeah. Yeah, especially during one of the most, if not the most, chaotic, tragic time in like recorded history. Yes, yes, it's so interesting to see s- stories that are so wholesome, like you said. Right. Among such devastation, it's so interesting, and also just it shows that animals sometimes bring out the best in humans. Yeah, I agree. Well, the sources for my episode. Uh, for Voit, at least for Voitech's part, was the Collector, the Warsaw Institute, Washington Post, Time Magazine, and our favorite, of course, Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. And for Oscar slash Unsinkable Sam, we have ZME Science, the Mirror.co.uk, and this is the one that referred to him as a Nazi cat. So <laughs> okay. I didn't use a whole lot, more just to verify what other people were saying. Okay. Um, because I I just really didn't like that. Like, don't call him a Nazi cat. That's that's like. It's kind of slanderous. It is or slanderous. Or libelous, technically. Yeah. Ugh. Don't Anyways, do that to his memory. Don't do that to his memory, exactly. War History Online, all that's interesting. And again, of course, Wikipedia. This was so interesting. You gave me really good belly laughs. Good. So thank you so much for sharing these two animal stories. Uh, and thank you so much, weirdos, for listening, for supporting us, for being a part of this community. We are so, so happy to just have you all here. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. Okay, weirdos, and until next time. Adios, weirdos. I can't do this. All right. I'm recording.